and ready. Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to the meeting of the Community Investments Committee on Tuesday, February 21st, uh, 2023. I now call this meeting to order. Um, I'd like uh, Program Associate Ari Vasquez to call the roll, please. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Shiota. Here. Commissioner Benavides. I'm present at this time. Commissioner Brenzel. Here. Commissioner Collins. Here. Commissioner McCoy. Present. Commissioner Mosley. Here. And Commissioner Shelby. Also not present at this time. So the following staff members are also present. Um, Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee, and our in place of our Director of Community Investments, our Senior Program Officer, Debbie. Thank you. Um, I'd like to welcome our newest art commissioner, uh, Seth Brenzel, to the Community Investments Committee meeting. Um, we also have another new arts commissioner, uh, Commissioner Benavides, so um, who may join us later today or in future meetings. Um, we're so glad to have you on board. Thank you. As authorized by California Government Code Section 54953E and the Mayor's 45th Supplement to her February 25th, 2020 Emergency Proclamation, this meeting is being held remotely without providing a physical location. Today's meeting is being streamed using the WebEx platform and will allow for remote viewing and public comment. While this technology allows individuals to join the meeting remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transition the technology between speakers. Please know that we're doing the best that we can, and we ask for your patience in this virtual setting. Before we start, I'd like to remind us about the policies and the procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there's a place for general public comment where members of the public may make comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, general public comments to items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission for every item on the agenda. There's also space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comments on topic. Last, a few virtual housekeeping items, commissioners and staff, if you have not already done so, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Commissioners, please raise your hands to be recognized to speak or ask a question if it is not already clear to me that you are the speaker. Also, please introduce yourself when you speak so callers on the phone know who is speaking. I will now turn it over to our program associate, Ari Vasquez, for public comment instructions. So for members of the public who wish to make a public comment on items on the agenda today, the phone number to call for public comment is 415-655-0001, and the access code is 2492-115-8452. The numeric passcode with this is 332 24220 to join the meeting as an attendee. And you may also make public comment using the WebEx link. So when you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information, your first and last name and email, 
These fields are required to be entered. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all devices around you are muted so there is no echo and no other sound when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will ask for the public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click the hand icon to raise your hand, and this will put you in the public comment queue. When you are called on, you will see a window pop up on your screen to request to be unmuted. You must click the unmute button, and for members of the public calling by phone, you will be prompted to press star three when the public comment period opens, and this will add you to the speaker line. When the system message says, when the you are being asked to unmute yourself when it says that. To unmute, press star six, and this is your time to speak. When the microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask to state your name and make your comments. You're encouraged, but not required, to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you begin talking using a visual timer, and you will get a 30-second audible warning. When your time is up, I will say, caller, your time is up. And at that point, I will put you back on mute. You will be moved out of the speaker line and back in as attendee in the meeting, unless you disconnect. Um, you will hear your line has been muted. Participants who wish to speak on other public comment periods can stay on the meeting line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure that no remaining commenters are seeking to speak on an item. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. If it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. That is sfac.grants at sfgov.org. And as a reminder, the summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or it is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Uh, public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen, as you see here. Chair Shiota, please begin the meeting when you are ready. Thank you so much. I'd like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement uh, from the San Francisco Arts Commission. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushalane, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushalone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all the peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatouche community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. Um, I'd now like to call item number two. Uh, if you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Uh, item two is general public comment. Is there any public comment on item two? For a member of the public joining remotely, please raise your hand if you are listening via WebEx. If you are calling in by phone, press star three to be put in the queue. And please press it only once, since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. And the instructions are currently on the screen. 
We are on item two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you will see a visual timer if you are listening in via WebEx. You will also get a 30 second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up and you may stay on the line if you wish to speak on any other items. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Is there currently any public comment? There are currently no hands up. Thank you, Joey. So, um, we will have to public comment is now closed. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I am now going to call item number three. Uh, if you wish to make comment public comment on this item, you may not raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate times. So, uh, item three is the arts impact endowment grant and um, I will now hand it over to senior program officer Debbie Ng for the presentation. And this will be a discussion and a possible action regarding funding and additional recommendation for the arts impact endowment first time grantee initiative. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Shiota and members of the commission. Uh, I'm pleased today to present to you um, the, an additional uh, grant for the arts impact endowment first time grantee initiative award in the space capital support category to the organization named San Francisco Art Book Fair LLC in the amount of $50,000 to expand the San Francisco Art Book Fair, maintain year-round community programs and set up internal systems. That concludes the presentation. Thank you so much. Um, are there any commissioner questions or comments? Yes, uh, thank you. Um, this was not a part of the original portfolio. Is that correct? So, what caused this to come now? Uh, that's correct, Commissioner Collins. Um, we had an additional uh, initial round of arts impact endowment um, grantees for your approval, and um, there was a grantee that was originally uh, recommended, but however, they are. Um, no longer in business, unfortunately. They were um, one of the um, impacted severely by COVID and not able to comply or uh, follow through on their grant program. And so their grant award. And so we are now um, asking the commission to um, consider this uh, organization, the San Francisco Art Book Fair, in place of uh, the initial grantee. And where did this um, book fair fit on the a scoring um it was it was fairly competitive um however because in the arts impact endowment guidelines we are restricted to a certain number of grants um this grantee was just one um, level below the the required number of grants for the space grant category so it was a pretty competitive grant but it did not meet the initial set um given the number of grants we were required to award and so it's fair to say that uh, this was rank ordered. Um, in the order, excuse me, go ahead. So this is the next uh, grant potential grantee in rank order. That's correct. 
Thank you. I just wanted to do, you know, put on the record the uh, transparency of fairness. Thank you. That's all I have. Yes, thank, thank you. you. I have the same questions, uh, President Collins. So thanks for, for bringing those up. Are there any other commissioner questions or comments? Commissioner Musley, I see your, your hand up. I think Commissioner Collins uh, answered. It's just so I understand it better. Is that uh, this is the, the, from all the grants people applied for grants in the past uh, for this for this particular timeline for this grant? They they're is it just that simply put by just you know, depending on their score, like, because uh, I've never been involved in that part. I just know about it, but uh, can you explain that just a little more so I can understand it for the future? Absolutely. Thank you for your question, Commissioner Moosley. Um, for the arts impact endowment category, specifically, the guidelines stated that there were a set number of grants um, to be awarded um, from the highest to the lowest. So we rank order. Um, the uh, panelists average scores and um, the set number of grants per category it are awarded um, from the top to the and the cutoff is basically uh, the number of grants for each category that we are allocated. Um, and so in this in this case, the our San Francisco Art Book Fair was just one shy of the original um, allocation that we were required to award. Does that answer your question and, and because someone dropped out because they could not ex receive the grant that was a uh, one of the grant packages that we i think i believe um passed in the last full commission meeting um but because they're no longer in business that freed up this money to go to the next kind of person uh, the next organization in the ranking is that yes, that's correct, uh, Chair Shiota. And in this case, the um, San Francisco Art Book Fair scored 66.2, um, and there were only 10 grants for space. So originally they were the 11th uh, uh, in the ranking. And now uh, because um, the 10th, the prior previously ranked number 10 organization um, was uh, has closed down, unfortunately, not able to um, maintain and become stay in business uh, that uh, this grantee uh, has moved to the 10th place. Thank you so much. Um, are there any other commissioner questions? All right, seeing none, um, is there any public comment on item three, sub item one? Remember the public joining remotely. Uh, this is your opportunity to raise your hand if you are listening via WebEx. If you are calling by phone, press star three to be put in the queue, and please press it only once. And pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. And the instructions are currently on the screen. We are on item three. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you will see a visual timer if you are listening in via WebEx. You will also get a thirty-second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up. And you may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. 
Is there currently any public comment at this time? No hands are raised. And just for the record, uh, Commissioner Benavides is uh, uh, here now. Thank you. It is 1.20. Welcome, Commissioner Benavides. Um, and public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. Um, so, uh, do I have a motion to approve additional uh, funding recommendations for the Arts Impact Endowment First Time Grantee Initiative Space Capital Support to Award One Grant to SF Art Book Fair LLC, funded by the fiscal year 21 Arts Impact Endowment in accordance with the priorities outlined in the Community Services Allocation Plan, and to authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to enter into a grant agreement not to exceed $50,000 at this time. So moved. That's uh, President Collins. Collins, I'm sorry. Do I have a second? Second. second. Commissioner McCoy. Seth. Commissioner Brenzel. Thank you so much. All right. Commissioner Shiota, I will have to call roll at this time. Thank you for uh, first and seconding. Yes. There may be a discrepancy with what we're referencing, but uh, Commissioner Shiota. Aye. Commissioner Benavides. Commissioner Benavides, this is a roll call or motion. Uh, are you, let's see. Ben. I will return to Benavides. Um, <laughs> Commissioner Brenzel. Aye. Commissioner Collins. Aye. Commissioner McCoy. Aye. Commissioner Moosley. Aye. And returning to Commissioner Benavides. I don't see, uh, I don't see video or audio next to his next to I. We do have quorum, so. Yeah. Uh, we do have quorum. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Shiota, for mentioning that. We will move forward. Um, um, Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Benavides, if you are currently having trouble with your technology, please reach out to sfac.grants and we'll be able to help you out. Yeah, I see the mic popping in and out. So, can you hear Commissioner Benavides? All right. Well, that item uh, passes unanimously uh, with the caveat that um, Commissioner Benavides is um, having audio problems, but we do have quorum to pass that item. Uh, so I will move on. All right, to item number four. You have two sets. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go on to call item four, which is the special project grants. And again, I will um, turn it over to senior programs officer Debbie Ng for presentations. 
Thank you, Chair Shiota. Um, we're asking the commissioners today to review and approve seven special project grants that will support an array of projects throughout San Francisco, including a citywide Maya Angelou celebration, mural restoration, an LGBT history project, and arts fellowship programs in the mission. Um, I'm happy to open it up to any questions from commissioners as you take a moment to uh, review the list here. Hi, this Eric, is uh, Chair, Chair. Could I just offer a question? Yes, absolutely. We have both new commissioner Benavides and new commissioner Brenzel. Um, would you, could we ask uh, officer Ng to explain what the add back process is? I, I think it's important for us often to start at the beginning and not assume that everyone knows all of the terms and such. So, those distinctions are, I think, are really greatly appreciated as we uh, go through our learning curves. Thank you, Commissioner Collins. I'm happy to explain the special grants uh, process and also thank you for noting that um, in the future with new commission members, we should probably um, include some explanatory language in our presentation um, to um, get provide more context. So thank you for that suggestion, Commissioner Collins. Um, the special project grants are grants um, that are designated um, through uh, and in, in partnership with the Board of Supervisors, um, where certain Board of Supervisors have um, uh, collaborate are collaborating with the Arts Commission to allocate funds uh, for special projects in their district. Um, so these are an array of projects that might be district specific or they may be citywide um, and there are certain eligibility and guidelines that the Arts Commission um, creates in partnership with the Board of Supervisors, um, hence the term special grants. Um, these are twice a year. So we had a January round of um, special grants and we also had a fall winter round and then fall of uh, winter 2022. So this is the second um, group of special grants for the fiscal year 22-23. Uh, Thank you, Debbie. I will have to step in and note that uh, for the record, uh, Commissioner Shelby has entered the meeting at 1.25 p.m. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that uh, for the explanation and kind of historical context uh, for the new commissioners and um, and also that this this uh, these funds are separate um, and uh, from the. I'm going to say that the grants that the SFAC grant cycle that that the SFAC goes through on an annual basis. Um, are there any other commissioner comments or questions? I see Commissioner McCoy's hand. Is are you have your hand raised? Yes, okay. I do. Thank you so Hi. much. Um, thank you. So I do have a couple questions because I'm this. I'm not familiar with this as well. Um, I am familiar with the add backs. However, um, one question is uh, is is this discretionary for each of the districts? Because I, I don't see all the districts here with with um, uh, add backs coming here. Uh, so I would like to understand that process a little bit more, and also how the citywide allocations done. Yes, um, I'm going to actually pass this to Joanne uh, Lee, uh, Deputy Director Joanne Lee, who has a little bit more insight or a lot more insight into the kind of uh, larger um, add back process. So 
Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Deputy Director Lee to step in to answer your question, Commissioner McCoy. Thank you. Sure, thank you. Um, and good afternoon, commissioners. So during the budget process, I believe um, that each of the district supervisors ends up with an allocation where they can, um, you know, fund specific projects in their districts. And those projects um, aren't always, you know, arts and culture. So some of their funds may go into other uh, departments. Um, such as, you know, the Mayor's Office of Community Development, um, the Office of Economic and Workforce Development also tends to get um, a number, you know, get some funds. So we, um, so some funds, you know, as designated by district supervisors comes to the Arts Commission and we work with them, as Debbie said, to develop um, kind of the project goals and description and then it becomes a competitive um, RFP or, you know, set of guidelines um, and these are the awardees. The citywide um, ones that you see here are actually um, Sometimes there are citywide funds that come through uh, the ad, the district's add back process. The, these citywide funds are actually coming through the library, who um, has work ordered or basically done an interdepartmental um, funding transfer to the Arts Commission to, um, and we're collaborating with them on, you know, a celebration for when the Maya Angelou sculpture will be unveiled on the steps of the main library um, uh, later this summer. And so this sets up a kind of a year of um, events celebrating Maya Angelou. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Corey was also, you know, ha had another question. No, my question was really regarding the citywide at the citywide ad backs. I mean, the uh, that was just uh, interesting because uh, it's all grouped together. Um, seemed like the citywide would come through a different source, so explaining that source was helpful um, uh, here. And then I were heard, you? I heard another question, and that was the allocational formulas. It was was your was your question answered? Um. I think she was asking how how the districts were picked possibly or That's maybe because, right because all the districts aren't reflected in this one allocation is that is that 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 was that was kind of, that was more the source of my question so it kind of leads me back to look at the each of the districts and how they're using their um their ad backs right so it's so from what I understand directly um, it is discretionary to the supervisor of the district. Is that is that correct? Yes, and so they may be funding other projects and programs that aren't um, under the auspices of the Arts Commission. Right, children, youth, and families, or it's sort of like frameworks. Right. I think it would maybe be interesting to see um, at some point, um, you know, from each district how allocations going to uh, the Arts Commission or to arts projects um, to see the investment citywide, how it's allocated by district. 
You know, the question also is, is this, in, is this captured in the work that uh, Sandra Pinopio does? Um, I mean, Sandra Pinopio for, uh, is our senior racial equity analyst. And, um, you know, we do look and do a data analysis, um, Commissioner Collins, on representation and how we fund across districts. So I'm not sure if you're look at your question is re regarding the data that we collect and analyze, but we do look at um, investments by district, um, by demographic. Um, so yes, district investments um, is something we actually look at and provide um, uh, an analysis of internally and also um, at the end of the cultural equity grant cycle, which we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, we, we may be able to share district specific data. Um, so we get a sense of where the arts funding um, is, is um, being invested um, across the city. So I think you've answered, you know, my kind of sub question that this, this, these ad backs that happen from time to time get captured in our database. And so uh, there's transparency and it could be called out if you were interested probably in this particular data set that is sitting in the larger data set about how and where our allocations go. Also, um, for, for uh, newer commissioners, there is a community investments. Um, I mean, the art commission in general does kind of an annual um, recap of projects, but I know that community investments in the past has done uh, a breakdown of, of the previous year's um, allocations and, um, you know, and, and that data was in there. Uh, as, as Debbie was was referring to, which was um, neighborhood specific, demographic specific, um, uh, genre, um, and where the funding was going. Um, so that that might the historic uh, documents of that might be uh, helpful to review for newer um, commissioners. Um, where where could they find that? What would be the easiest pathway um, in terms? Because I know they're all public documents. Um, would a uh, would the SFAC is there a document library on the portal that would be uh, accessible to commissioners if they so choose? Um, thank you, Chair Shiata. We would be happy to provide additional information to commissioners. Um, we would generate the reports, so these would be reports that. Uh, we would have to generate. They're not publicly accessible at the moment, um, though we do list all of our funded. Uh, grant programs on our website, um, but if you wanted a more detailed subgroup of funding for special grants or certain grant categories, um, we would be happy to um, provide that. But most of our grantee information is on our website um, uh, on a rolling list of grantees um, that I'm happy to also share that link with uh, commissioners after the meeting. So you can see that as grants are approved, we do add to the list on our website. Um, so you can see the current year, and I believe we have two fiscal years worth of grantee data on our website as well. Yeah, I, I, my intention wasn't to create uh, more work for you, um, just to give them, uh, kind of point them in a direction for historic data that they could uh, look at um, so that they can see where different budgets go uh, in different years and that it is tracked. Um, Absolutely. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, just to add, Chair Shiota, um, the explanatory docs from previous um, commission meetings, both the CI committee and full commission meetings, do list our grant uh, awards as well. So in terms of archives and what's public accessible, you're right that the archives um, in previous meeting notes um, and explanatory documents um, have all of that information publicly available to anyone. And then also just because we're, we're on the subject and um, and we do have new commissioners on um, uh, being on serving on a panel at some point um, to see how the community inve investment teams, how they issue an RFP, what happens with the RFP, you know, the, the process of, of vetting. Uh, and kind of uh, choosing artists and how they're scored and then how they get brought up to from a working committee to uh, community investments to full commission to get ratified into something like this is uh, is is really interesting and very informative and um, so it would it would be great um, who's who best to speak with if, if a commissioner is uh, interested in serving on a panel? And that's a question for for anyone on the community investments team. I'm not sure how panel panelists are being chosen or if they need to fill out uh, something to put their name in. Yeah, I can speak to that, Chair Shiota. Um, we have a um, really um, uh, open call for panelists that's year round. Um, panelists can apply with a simple uh, form on our website. Um, once they are matched with a panel, we go through um, and provide training um, and it's a really wonderful experience for them to become part of the grant making process. Some of them are grantees themselves and so they they themselves have benefited and understand how best that, uh, to use these funds and um, there's there are arts administrators, there are artists. Um, they're leaders in our field, and so we have an open call for panelists every year. Uh, we um, invite um, you all to share the news and um, spread the word about panelist opportunities. Um, and it's a wonderful way to really uphold our peer review transparent uh, process and that we have peers review and help make funding recommendations um, on all of our grants. And I don't know if Joanne wants to speak a little bit about commissioners and I don't know if commissioners are um, able to um, um, serve. I'm not sure what, where the policy is on that. I know maybe they've served in the past, but. Um, commissioners, yes, thank you. Um, commissioners are able to serve just as our commissioners often serve on the visual arts committee um, on selection panels. And so it's, um, so yes, it is open there would have to be, you know, a conflict of interest scan to make sure that the applicants applications that you're reading that, um, you know, you don't have a conflict of interest with them. I'd, I'd like to add that um, <clears throat> I had the opportunity. This is Commissioner Shelby. I've actually kind of gone through the entire circle. Like I, I applied as an artist. I was able, I was lucky and fortunate to have won a couple of the uh, individual artists awards. We're talking. 20 years ago, uh, and then I got an opportunity to serve on a panel, uh, I think at least twice, maybe three different times, and um, before I was appointed as a commissioner, and I can tell you that being on the panel 
was a very important experience um, learning about how these grants are administered, who these grants are going to, the deliberation process. Some things may have changed changed over the years, but the the experience is valuable um, and gives you sort of a look that you don't get at a monthly meeting when you get an opportunity to read through the grants um, and speak to the others who might be evaluating them and coming up with a way of how these are um, uh, funded and and the old and the entire process which is. Um, open to the public and you have public there actually while you're reviewing these grants. And so um, it's a really uh, powerful and an important experience that I highly recommend that I got an opportunity to uh, do before I actually was appointed. And I just wanted to share that information. Thank you, Commissioner Shelby. Yes, and I and to uh, echo that. Um, I've also served on panels and it really does when when things come up to commission for votes like this, um, you know, they're, they, they just seem to be a, a words on a, you know, a line item. Um, but there's so much work uh, and consideration and thought and deliberation that goes um, on uh, in the background of these um, items, each and every item. So serving on a panel gives you a glimpse at that work and also um, in my you know, for me, gave me so much confidence in um, the the other panelists and the other review uh, peers were of such high caliber, and um, the uh, applications were so thoughtfully submitted and vetted uh, by the community investment staff that um, you know the the work quality was really very very high. So um, so that was also illuminating and also um you know just gave again tons of confidence that 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 the the work and the due diligence uh in these items is there and and top notch um these guys are small mighty team and they push through a lot of review so uh, any new commissioner we just yeah highly recommend um, putting yourself in uh, for a panel in the some you know sometime in the future. I would add on to that. This is the piling on part for our new commissioners or for any commissioners. It's in some ways it's almost indispensable. Um, understanding the level of work that goes into the formulation of a request for proposals that is then issued under transparent circumstances information coming back and reviewed by staff to ensure conformity with the RFP, bringing in experts. Um, every year and from time to time, we approve these panels of panelists. You will be asked to approve that in, in various sessions. And, you, and you're, what you're approving are the, the people in the field that will become particular to a particular grant category. One of them might be in our American Indian portfolio and the people that are that are evaluating those proposals are really coming from the community and in some ways with specificity about the sub community that is being granted. And so you see in there the level of work and diligence and it all equals what is called a presumption of administrative validity that the decisions that are made can stand up before any tribunal and be called valid because they're transparent 
and they're clear, they're scored, and they're impartial. So as a commissioner, when you vote on these things, you are in fact attesting to the underlying bona fides. And if any of us who have been on these panels can only speak strongly and encourage you, you know, to do it, you will see how much time it takes because it's not something that you can do. It's not a five minute exercise. It's hours, binders, and thorough. Once you do it, you got it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> Thank you, Preston Collins. I feel duly encouraged. Wonderful. Thank you. Good. Uh, are there any other commissioner hands up? I am seeing none. Uh, is there any public comment on item four, sub item one, which is uh, special project grants? For a member of the public joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening in via WebEx. And if you're calling by phone, press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. And the instructions are currently on the screen. You're currently on item four, and as a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer if you're listening in via WebEx. You also get a 30-second audible warning, and you will be muted once your time is up. You must stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items, and any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes that is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Checking in if there is any public comment at this time. There are no hands raised. Thanks so much, Joey. Public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. Um, so I would like to see uh, if there is uh, a motion item four, sub item one, special project grants. Um, they are the seven items listed uh, under. Um, the seven special project grants funded by district supervisor adbacks to the following organizations and to authorize the director of cultural affairs to enter into grant agreements with each of the organizations listed for amounts not to exceed the following at this time. So uh, the, uh, the organizations and items listed are on the screen now. Uh, do I have a motion? So moved. Most like. Thank you. Do I have a second? Second, Commissioner McCoy. Thank you. Chair uh, Shiro, we will require you to read um, every yes. uh, okay. item on this item. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. So, uh, what uh, has been um, motioned as a first and a second is sub uh, is item four, sub item one, special project grants. And uh, it is to approve recommendations to award seven special project grants funded by district supervisor adbacks to the following organizations and to authorize the director of the cultural affairs to enter into grant agreements with each organization for amounts not to exceed the following at this time. Um, item one is district five gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender historical society, $62,250 over one year 
to support a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, LGBTQ history project in the Midmarket Tenderloin neighborhood. Item two is uh, District 5, Mission Art 415 Incorporated, $75,000 over one year to support murals and arts-related events in the Fillmore, Hayes Valley, and Tenderloin neighborhoods. Uh, item three under uh, item four sub item one is district seven michael rich twenty four thousand nine hundred fifty dollars over one year to support utility box mural installation and repair along ocean avenue and neighboring streets um, item four is district eight uh, which is Eureka Valley Neighborhood Association. The fiscal sponsor on this one is Castro Upper Market Community Benefits District Incorporated, $25,000 over one year to support the, um, to support mural restoration. Um, item five is District 9, Galleria Studio, 24, $300,000 over two years to support an arts fellow program in the Mission District, including the hiring of four fellows to develop a partnership with the San Francisco Latino Parity and Equity Coalition and the Latino Task Force Coalition. Um, item six is a citywide Maya Angelou celebration, uh, African American Shakespeare Company, $50,000 over one year to support free community events commemorating Maya Angelou. And item seven is citywide Maya Angelou celebration that is with Youth Speaks Incorporated, $50,000 over one year to support free community events commemorating Maya Angelou. We have had a first and a second on this. Are there any other commissioner comments or questions? Thank you, Chair. Before we can do another second, we will have to redo that as it's an opportunity for, like you mentioned, discussion and comments, and then another opportunity for public comment. Thank you so much. I see no commissioner hands up. Is there any public comment on all the items just read for item four, sub item one? Thank you, commissioner. So for a member of the public comment, uh, public joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. And if you're listening by phone, press star three to put in the queue. If you press star three twice, it will remove you from the queue and the instructions are on the screen. We're currently on item four, sub item one, special project grants. And as a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you will see a visual timer if you're listening in via WebEx. You will also get a 30 second audible warning and you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items and any other individual who speaks during a public comment during today's period of today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Is there any public comment at this time? There are not. Thank you, Jawi. Public comment is now closed. Let me proceed, Commissioner. Thank you so much. Uh, do I need to call for a motion in a second again or? That is correct. Okay, thank you so much. So, um, is there uh, a motion to approve item four, sub item one, the seven items that I read out loud uh, just now previously? So moved, Commissioner Musla. Thank you. Second, Commissioner McCoy. 
Thank you so much. You also uh, need a roll call vote, Commissioner? Yes, please. Thank you for your patience. So, Commissioner Shiota? Aye. Commissioner Benavides? Aye. Commissioner Brenzel? Aye. Commissioner Collins? Aye. Commissioner McCoy? Aye. Commissioner Mosley? Aye. And Commissioner Shelby? Aye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, that passes unanimously. Um, I will now move on to item number five. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hands to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. So item number five is commissioner site visits to the cultural centers. Um, this is a discussion uh, and I will now turn it to deputy director of programs, Joanne Lee. Great. Thank you, Chair Shiota. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Um, I'll start by giving a quick background about our cultural centers for kind of our newer committee members. So the Arts Commission has uh, seven cultural centers and four of them are physical buildings and those are the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts, the Bayview Opera House, Soma Arts, and the African American Arts and Culture Complex uh, commonly referred to as AAACC. Um, we also uh, fund three virtual centers, the American Indian Cultural Center, the Asian Pacific Islander Cultural Center, and the Queer Cultural Center. Um, the four buildings are owned by the city and county of San Francisco and um, overseen by the Arts Commission. And then all seven of these organizations are their own uh, 501c3 organizations um, operating in these buildings. We fund uh, these, uh, our cultural centers by general operating grants um, through the Proposition E hotel tax revenues. And each year we, um, we fund them, their operating grants in total a little over a million dollars each year. And um, in addition, we do uh, fund the maintenance and repair of the buildings. And so in the past years, um, we've asked each of the centers to come and make short presentations um, at a commission meeting to discuss, you know, their program highlights and kind of give an overview of their programs. And after a couple years of this, the, both the commissioners and the center directors really wanted more time for in-depth discussions um, about their programs and their strategies. So this year, we arranged site visits for two commissioners each, uh, or for each, sorry, for two commissioners to visit um, a cultural center together. And so to date, uh, commissioners have visited three of our of our cultural centers. And I do really want to thank you for your time and your energy um, as you go on these visits. So the first visit was conducted by Commissioner Collins and Shelby to uh, Soma Arts and the um, Asian Pacific Islander Cultural Center. 
Uh, the second visit was to the Mission Cultural Center uh, by Commissioners Shiota and Shelby, and uh, most recently the Queer Cultural Center staff met with Commissioners McCoy and Moosley. Um, there will be some upcoming visits um, that we will be um, scheduling with you very soon to the Bayview Opera House to the African American Arts and Culture Complex and with the American Indian Cultural Center. And those will be reported on at the next um, Community Investments Committee meeting in April. And I know that there are a couple, there are some um, center directors joining us today in the audience. Um, but I'd like to, I think, first turn it over to um, Commissioner Collins and Shelby to provide some highlights from your visit to Soma Arts and the API Cultural Center. Commissioner Shelby, I'm happy to follow you. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I want to thank the, uh, both centers for the opportunity to come and to meet and to tour. Um, it was enlightening. Um, what I learned uh, by being there was very valuable. Uh, take, I took a lot of notes um, and, you know, I brought up some of the, the things that I learned in our last full arts commission meeting, uh, particular at the 2 places that I went to. Um, but I, I, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while um, now. Having been on this commission for now 10 years is to kind of go and, 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 and see uh, and meet physically at these at our at our cultural centers. So, um, and both places have very unique needs. Um, both places um, uh, have a lot of infrastructure needs. Uh, as we all know, we read the reports, but there is some things that I think that uh, I learned that I didn't know until I actually showed up and saw and met with the directors. And, and there's all, uh, both places doing incredible programming. Um, as we all know, both emerging out of the the pandemic, uh, some online programming being preserved, but mainly coming back into their physical spaces. So there's a lot of things that still need to be addressed. Um, and I was happy to hear from them directly and, and kind of know where we need to go forward in the future. Um, and again, they both have very specific needs. Uh, meeting over at the Mission Cultural Center, I learned a lot about things that they could actually tap into, like some of the storm relief. These are things I just didn't know and um, that they have been affected by, by our recent storm, um, about their pending move in, in, in the next year and a half and how that's gonna affect their community at large. Um, all the things that are happening over at Soma Arts, incredible work being done there, but certainly a lot of infrastructure needs that need to be addressed. And so, um, you know, those are the two that I was able to visit. Uh, I'm very interested in, in seeing the other ones. I know there are other commissioners that need to see these spaces as well, but uh, I'm, I'm certainly happy to be part of the process of visiting all of them as we go forward, if that's possible. So let me just add on and thank Commissioner Shelby for, for joining us. Um, it was particularly I think valuable for us to be on site together. Uh, we were there with Maria Jensen at SOMARTS and Vinay Patel and also Coco Duhan Shel uh, 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 Kelly. Um, 
to be able to have that type of focused conversation on site um, is very different from, you know, appearing before the panel, you know, at the Arts Commission and time constraints. One of the things that, among the things that we, you know, discovered, of course, was an opportunity that our director Jensen mentioned, and that is the possibility of us developing a data set that would be common to all of the um, cultural centers. Um, <clears throat> I don't think this is the time to go into what the data set would explain, but in broad brush, um, given her point of view, there are a lot of synergies and opportunities that we're not necessarily capturing and, and understanding you know, what we could do were we to leverage ourselves in a different way. I think this is a wonderful opportunity in the context of strategic planning to provide some of the framework and to probably work with our cultural centers um, directors to help to develop you know, the framework for strategic planning as well as for data. The other is um, that you know, the condition, the infamous condition of SOMARTS, for those who are new to all of this, the building goes back to the time that it was a dry dock. In other words, the edge of the bay was right there. So it's a very high steel building that is uh, seismically imperiled and there is an urgency associated with it that when you're on site, you have a, a, a depth of appreciation. Um, and, and, and why that's important is that this is city property and there is a great mission that is served in that community. But as uh, Commissioner Shelby said, the conditions of our cultural centers um, really have to be looked at carefully with longer with longer term plans. And this is where for our new commissioners, you'll understand that each one of these buildings owned by the city um, is, is stewarded by the commission, but through the great help of other departments so that we have the Department of Building Inspection or Department of Public Works and, and other parts of our city infrastructure. Um, but it takes time to understand how that all comes together. So without trying to be too long, uh, we would certainly encourage you again, especially our new commissioners, to join on this journey and to see what's happening um, on the ground. And uh, this is uh, Janine uh, Shiota. Um, I'm gonna kind of uh, put uh, on top of that, yeah, just the kind of historical context to the community centers and the brick and mortar and the city owning those buildings um, and the different budgets. So you will see, um, this is context for new commissioners, uh, you'll see different grants that um, some are operational, some are um, event oriented, uh, and some are capital planning or infrastructure um, related. And some of those funds come, as uh, President Collins said, from different departments. Um, some of the permissions come from different departments. So as you can imagine, um, a new roof and getting like new air conditioning or new windows um, takes uh, a, coordination amongst many, many, many um, 
d different people and places and departments and um, the Bayview Opera House went through a renovation and I believe it might have taken in total 15 years, give or take. Um, so just as context. Uh, and so all the centers are going through various forms of upgrades, whether it's fire life safety, accessibility, um, uh, all those all those items and they're um, sometimes taken separately uh, and with their own timelines. Great, thank you. Um, commissioners Shiota and Shelby, do you want to um, share your um, what you uh, learned at the Mission Cultural Center site visit? Yeah, I'm happy to continue. I, I mentioned some of mine comments in my other, uh, when I spoke earlier, but uh, same thing with the Mission uh, Cultural Center. Uh, there's a lot of um, just infrastructure needs. Um, we're talking about they're storing some archival things there that um, very important to the history of San Francisco, uh, and particularly the work <clears throat> that they have done over the years. I mean, we're talking about the printing shop and the posters and and some of this historical material that's, you know, it's just kind of there, uh, but perhaps not being um, protected or the infrastructure in a way that, you know, is really safeguarded in the long term. Um, um, yeah, and that's one of the things I learned. There was a lot of storm damage um, that, again, is affecting the, the infrastructure. Uh, other than that, there's some, you know, they have a lot of studio spaces there. And one of the things that will affect them in the, in the coming future is, you know, when they have to move and the community that relies on them for studio space. So this sort of year-long <clears throat> programming to help usher um, where many of these groups are going to rehearse, particularly for things like Carnival and other uh, um, other events that they use the Mission Cultural Center for, is going to be uh, uh, an effort to make sure that they can continue doing their work um, <clears throat> even when this building goes down in 2024 uh, for renovation. So these are things that, uh, some of the things that I learned and, and want to try to be a part of whatever solution that the Arts Commission can do to help move forward uh, as they begin to go through what they're gonna go through, which is renovation and, and how it's gonna affect their community. Yeah, I think uh, this is uh, Janine again. Um, yeah, that was an interesting um, piece of information that uh, because the building is going through seismic upgrades that are mandatory um, to come up to code, uh, to come up to current code and and the shell of the building is is from the 18 late 1800s I believe um, so uh, they do have to move out in order for those renovations to happen and um, that kind of move fee if you can think of the moving fee the storage fee for all the stuff that they have um, the uh, trying to find replacement spaces for the community so that they're programming um, their their programming will definitely have to be um, minimized 
um, but they don't want to stop it. Um, and, you know, Bayview Opera House had the same issue when they were renovating. They had to vacate that space and they took over storefronts around the neighborhood, a surrounding neighborhood. Um, and I'm sure some of the other uh, community center um, directors that are on the line right now might be able to speak to that as well. But those are things that aren't accounted for in the usual operating budget. So one of the things that I appreciate about the community investment staff um, at, at the Arts Commission is that is that they are responsive to these needs, like the grants aren't always completely stuck on a performance or a you know, the, we, we saw the pivot during COVID um, response. We saw the pivot now. Um, so sometimes those, those, the money that is, is provided to the centers um, is, is, is flexible enough to accommodate those kinds of things uh, like this, like this move out that's coming um, that are needed in order for the community to be served um, as best they can while that brick and mortar space is being torn apart. Yes, that's right. Thank you, um, commissioners. We do have a couple pictures from the site visits that we will um, put on the screen for you. And then I guess I want to um, ask commissioners McCoy and Moosley um, to talk about their visit with the Queer Cultural Center. You want to go ahead, McCoy? Sure, I'll go ahead and start, and then uh, and then I'll turn over to you if that's uh, if that's okay. Um, I I think um, so. What, number one, I just really want to thank uh, Executive Director Nanke for uh, his time um, taking us through really the uh, the charter, the mission of the uh, QCC. Um, I think uh, he was. Uh, less than a year in this role. So I think the, the challenges are very unique and also because this cultural center does not have a physical location. Um, some of the needs that we've heard about are, are some of them are similar, but some of them are quite different uh, than uh, those that have the brick and mortar. Um, so some of the key messaging that we've heard, you know, that are, you know, things that are impacting and um, uh, really the strategic, you know, short term um, are around staffing. I think this is the first time the cultural center got to, has been at 100% staff, which really opens up a, a plethora of possibilities. Um, and then the executive director spoke a lot about um, passion to purpose. And I think um, with their mission, that passion to purpose and really understanding and being very clear about that is, um, uh, is a very unique prop, uh, proposition. And um, what another goal that he spoke about was also the community uh, organized message and strategy. And uh, I, I bring that up because without having a physical center, that community organized message and strategy and how you uh, come to that becomes a very different uh, path than having a brick and mortar where people know where you are. And um, I think this is this is um, a space of opportunity and space I think that the commission can also help uh, this cultural center um, uh, with our strategic planning. Um, without a, having a physical uh, center, um, 
I think some of the key challenges may be, you know, really establishing your identity of who you are, what you're delivering to the city and, and, and how do people know you? And, uh, this cultural center has been incredibly, um, actually really, really, um, uh, uh, successful, but, um, receiving information or uh, putting their events out um, and have a, having a really high response rate, a high participation rate. Um, however, um, uh, both in the city and what we found as well is because there's not a physical location, um, many of the people who participate in the events really come from outside the city as well and also nationally and uh, who are reading the newsletters and that sort of thing. So I think that's a really unique thing that uh, without being a, having a physical location that the um, cultural center is really able to deliver is, you know, programming from San Francisco that people can participate in all over the country, virtually, or even, you know, locally from East Bay and other our surrounding cities. And I think that's really a, a interesting thing. And we learned also a lot about their survey strategy that's informing a lot of the information that comes into the uh, to the center and how they use this uh, this survey data uh, to uh, inform their next events, how they curate content, et cetera. So um, a lot of really great work that's being done there. Um, but uh, kind of going back to what um, President Collins was saying about our strategic plan, there are some opportunities that we see that for to synergize with other cultural centers. And I think this is really comes down to the work that we have to do as a, as a body. Um, I, we saw some opportunities in the grant writing um, and grant education, um, just to make sure that those opportunities are, are shared with the bodies of uh, participants at the, with the cultural centers. Um, and also, we're seeing sometimes like we're doing grant writing, exercising, or, or that sort of thing through uh, the Arts Commission. Some of that can be shared also with cultural centers. So there's a synergy opportunity. And then there's also um, possibly some synergies with uh, events and partnerships with other cultural centers and uh, even fundraising opportunities as well. Um, uh, the cultural center does not have a physical location today. As I've, I've said, I think they have an office in the AAACC. Um, so I think the infrastructure conversation might be something that uh, our, virtual, um, our virtual cultural centers are also um, may have some additional needs that we really haven't really looked into as well. Not having a physical building, but it's still having some uh, physical space needs that that uh, that uh, that need to be addressed. I think that's interesting that they have uh, some offices with the AAACC, um, but that's an interesting partnership or actually one way that we've shown a partnership can work really well. Um, but the, you know, really, I was really uh, taken back by all the energy, um, the direction, the dedication to staffing, and really the dedication to the community that this cultural center uh, demonstrated um, during our short visit. So I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. That was a great assessment of our meeting. Uh, I also would agree on uh, what Commissioner Collins said earlier about. Um, being able to kind of get the data points together and see how much, um, you know, where things can kind of cross, uh, cross-pollinate as well, word, but like uh, how other cultural sense could be helped by having certain information rather than being in separate silos. Uh, and maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it, that was, did not seem to come across that uh, that's how things are done. 
Um, the other thing I would have found helpful, I mean, I agree with everything uh, Commissioner McCoy said too, and a couple of things I'd just like to add. Um, it would have been helpful if there was, um, and that would be for any of the centers too, uh, sort of a, either fits online or fits a package, just kind of what the state of the, uh, of the culture center is, the, you know, the programs, costs, uh, it, it's hard to assess and, or trying to see if there's any input you could do or help in any way without having a full picture of what it is you're assessing. Aside from what a, re a report, which is a verbal report um, from uh, the director that we all with, and I'm not saying there was anything wrong with the report, I'm just saying if, if I am to make up with any any suggestions or anything I could help with or anything we could suggest as a commission to further the cause and to further the mission, it would be helpful to know more information about those, you know, whether it's a printed package or something they post uh, online. Um, that's, uh, you know, it's, it, that to me would be really helpful. And, you know, I don't, the other thing is um, how budgets are being used. Uh, you know, what's being spent on what, you know, how much on marketing, how much on things like that. I think a lot of us, you know, I, I speak, I'm going to speak for myself. You know, I come from the world of like, you know, um, spend most of my life marketing my events and marketing and working and promoting and building businesses. Uh, I've done that for 30 years. So um, I, I, I feel like I could add some value, uh, but without knowing uh, specific information, it's hard to, um, to add value aside, you know, aside from what you know. So that's just the thought that came across uh, when we were in the meeting and uh, something we could discuss further or something we could uh, get into another time. I'm not sure, but those are my two thoughts. Uh, and yes, uh, again, I agree with everything uh, Commissioner McCoy said. Um, we seem to be working really hard and uh, enthusiastic, and uh, they're in the right direction. I think um, if I can just add one more thing, um, for I think for both of us, I'll I'll speak for uh, for both of us in the body here. Um, understanding the strategic goals of the uh, and priorities of the cultural center, it's really helpful to understand where the cultural center is going. Um, what synergies or how uh, the commission can look at this strategically um, and also helps us better understand the executive directors as they come for us and present things. If we kind of understand, I have a better understanding of where they're going. So it really, it might be a nice thing to have. Um, it's just really understanding what the strategic priorities are for each of the cultural centers. Great, thank you. Thank you so much for the, um, for those recommendations. Um, this is the first time we've done these site visits uh, in this way. You know, again, in the past, they, the cultural center directors would come and make more of a formal presentation. So these recommendations are really helpful as we move forward. Um, so I just want to thank you all again for taking the time to make these site visits um, and spending time with our cultural center directors. Um, I think at this point, 
that's the end of kind of of the formal uh, report, and I'll turn it back to you, Chair Shiota. Thank you so much. Um, I actually had a question, and this this is um, for myself, but also some uh, to because it might have changed during COVID, uh, especially with the space closures. Um, I did see some of the center uh, directors on the line, so I don't know. Uh, with the virtual, um, uh, like the Queer Cultural Center, and um, I think there's two or three virtuals, but when they are housed or in partnership with um, with with your spaces, how does that work? Can they do events at your spaces? Can they, um, you know, do they, uh, because you've got, um, yeah, you've got presentation space, you've got gallery spaces, in some cases you've got um, rehearsal spaces. So um, what do those partnerships uh, tend to look like when you marry a virtual with a brick and mortar? Um, even though you're two different organizations. So I don't know if uh, Maria Jensen or Melora um, could comment to that um, or if they would want to, um, but I see them on the line. So just asking for some context if, if, you, if you're able and willing. Sure, Ari, do you want to call on the, um, I do see some cultural center directors, I think with their hands up. So if you want to call on them, I see Melora Green. Yes, I will request Joey to bump them both up so they can contribute outside of public. I have bumped out Melora Green and let me bump the other ones up. Thank you. Greetings. Can you all hear me? Okay, great. Um, Melora Green I'm here, co executive director of the African American Art and Culture Complex. And I think I'll just speak briefly to our experience pre-COVID and then during and I guess semi-post-COVID um, and some of those with uh, weather conditions to be considered. So prior to um, COVID, we um, have been generally known as a use of space. So like a, we have a rentals program, which makes it really affordable and accessible for people to um, utilize our two underseat theater or our multi-use rooms for rehearsals or workshops and classes. And we do offer that um, to not only the Queer Cultural Center, but to any of the other cultural centers that would like to collaborate and any of the other satellite locations. Um, during COVID, we were one of the spaces that um, closed our space to continue our redesign and our commitment to soon have a co-working space and really honor all of the ways in which we've heard feedback through the years of how people would like to um, see the space grow. So that's everything from having a store to a pop-up space to support creatives who have more of a eating or um, drinking program, so culinary and things like that turning our parking lot into an open air gallery and offering um, the space for free the entire um, this in, entire last two years. Um, so we've offered our space to community, to um, our neighbors, to creatives who have needed the space. Um, inside of the space with this most recent rain and then the last two big rains we've had our space and I think um, Lisa can share this 
um, we were hit the hardest. And coupled with the seismic renovation planning and um, drilling throughout the building, which has unearthed probably 10 new locations where we experienced leaks. So the shared space that QCC would use spent most of the last maybe three or four months um, going in and out of um, transition from really bad leaks um, in the building. And so that in particular, because we have been in conversation with Anon about even hosting uh, the conversation with the commissioners and even having meetings on site to be able to do what he needs to do, but in a different space on the third floor in the Hall of Culture. So, you know, we are, we have definitely offered our space, but I can say that through rain and even having uh, most recently, which we didn't plan for, uh, one of our trees uprooted our water heater and bursted which took down our entire building for a whole day um, with sewage issues. So just wanted to share that, yes, we do make our space available. Um, and for the last two years at no cost, even our resident art organizations have not been um, charged rent at all. Um, so that's the bulk of what I'll share for now. Thank you, Malara. We've also bumped uh, Maria Jensen up as a panelist, if you would also like to share. And can I just clarify, sorry, before Maria jumps in, um, that Lisa, who Malora Green just mentioned, is Lisa Zayas Chen. She is our Capital Programs Manager at the Arts Commission. Thank you for that. <laughs> Unmute. Okay. Am I unmuted? Yes, we can hear you, Maria. Thank okay, you. Great. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Prof uh, President Collins and Commissioner Shelby for visiting with myself and Vinay Patel at Soma Arts, and um, also want to acknowledge Joanne Lee and Lisa Zayas Chan for. Your work in support of our facility and capital needs as we steward a very beloved city building and a long-standing cultural center and not to belabor the subject but soma arts also um, has a lot of uh, tremendous facility needs and we too have experienced uh, flood damage and our work of running an arts nonprofit is definitely challenged and impeded by the numerous issues the building has and of course, our primary goal is keeping our staff safe and keeping our community safe and to stay operational and our building up to code with the ability to, you know, welcome the differently abled people into our space, which currently we cannot do uh, with any um, regards to safety. So I would encourage everyone to, you know, all the commissioners, if you have a chance to stop by and, you know, see the facility for itself. Um, just kind of adding to the conversation of how we've been managing during the pandemic. Um, we quickly shifted gears into virtual programming. So essentially we never stopped producing events the entire time during the pandemic. Um, and in fact, I would love to invite all of the commissioners to come to our opening this Thursday, 
Um, it's from six to nine and it's called Muni Raise Me. And we actually are featuring a life-size minibus, uh, Muni bus in the space. And it's part of our annual curatorial residency program. So please stop by and check it out. Um, but would like to underscore that we definitely appreciate all the support and the work that the commission um, is doing because uh, all of the cultural centers were buildings that were uh, more or less legislated or given to the cultural centers at a time when the neighborhoods were quite different. And so even going through all the changes in the Soma Arts um, area where we had um, Airbnb move in, Pinterest, Adobe, it became like another tech corridor. There was a lot more uh, foot traffic and um, we felt like there was a potential for more of a, a particular blossoming. And now, of course, with the collapse of the tech industry, um, you know, we're also losing some of our uh, potential, um, you know, funding sources from from those um, those entities. And we're in a precarious place. And yet all of the cultural centers are what's kind of keeping the overall San Francisco arts ecosystem still alive, still vibrant, still diverse, still employing people and still serving the communities. Uh, for Soma Arts, it's uh, really a question of safety at this point. So in terms of our particular work, it's really um, becoming more and more uh, encumbered by the facility itself. So just want to thank everyone for their support and their attention on that. Um, and that's kind of all I wanted to contribute, but I really appreciate the visit. I think it's important to have FaceTime because um, not only do you get to know the facilities, but you get to know the directors a little bit more. And um, we kind of have to get back to building our community because um, the virtual reality is kind of uh, caused us to be a little bit disappeared from each other. So I uh, really appreciate the in-person visit. Great. Commissioners, I want to let you know that we also have, um, maybe we don't right now, we do have uh, April McGill, who is the director of the American Indian Cultural Center, who um, you, there will be a visit scheduled with the with her center um, in the next month. But she is present as well as um, Martina Ayala from the Mission Cultural Center, who maybe did maybe she got bumped out because I don't see her, unless I'm missing. Well, well, we still have um, Director Jensen on board. And she was the author of that idea around data. Could we ask uh, Director Jensen to give a, a short um, glimpse of what you could envision through a better data set? Uh, sure, I'll try to encapsulate. Um, essentially, uh, this idea that I have of kind of coalescing all the data across the cultural centers comes from the American um, Arts uh, Association, like a national DC group that every year puts out a report. I'm probably getting the acronym uh, incorrect, but it really underscores the economic power of the arts. And in particular, one of the things that I think has been missing for the cultural centers is a clear understanding for the community, like for the community to understand this impact and by combing through all the data, how many people we serve, how many artists we pay, how many people we employ, how we use our square footage, uh, could be a very tremendously impacting uh, report for the cultural centers to use, either if it's for potential funding 
or if it's for potential, um, you know, getting more people on board as board members, it can be broken out into communication pieces. But to start with something that is a deeper dive uh, into all of the kind of like intellectual assets, the cultural assets, and the real economic assets that the cultural centers provide to San Francisco um, would probably be mind boggling. And it's a story that is not told. So we often do our work in these different corners of the city. Um, but if we were able to pull this data together, um, I just think that there would be tremendous impacts and benefits for the city as a whole, but also for all of the artists that we work with, the curators, and certainly for the director, uh, the centers themselves. So I think that's kind of in a nutshell what I was thinking about. Um, it's akin to a cultural. Justin, are you, are or, you referring to the Americans for the Arts yes. uh, periodic survey? Yes. And that's a tool that is administered jointly with arts organizations. Th that's a whole other conversation, but thank you for identifying that. Because again, it's something that happens on a periodic basis and there is deep and comparative longitudinal data in their data sets. Thank you so much. And uh, I, I, I lost my internet for a few minutes, so I'm not sure if um, Deputy Director Lee took over, but <laughs> thank you if you did. Um, is there any other uh, center um, directors that would like to kind of comment while, while they're on the line? Is anybody's hands up? I think Martina Ayala from Mission Cultural Center is here with her hand up and we're about to bring up, uh, or we just did, uh, Celeste Chan, who is with the Queer Cultural Center, has also joined us. Um, and April McGill. And April McGill from American Indian Cultural Center. Great. Um, Martina, would you like to Hello, speak? everyone. Um, I. I want to thank the commission for all of your efforts to identify the infrastructure needs of the mission cultural center and supporting us as we move forward um, and face this, um, ch this needed challenge of uh, relocation um, so that we can make our building safer. Uh, as we approach relocation, we're also um, continuing to offer uh, a robust, uh, robust programming and the safety of our community always comes first. And I appreciate you coming out and helping us keep um, the facilities maintained as we um, approach that date. And I would like to ask the commission to uh, for their continued support as we find and try to locate an affordable space to relocate to. As you know, um, re-envisioning the programming, the existing programming is going to be quite a feat given um, the space um, that we that will be lost uh, during the time of relocation. So I welcome any um, suggestions and support uh, for the Mission Cultural Center as um, this year, um, as we move forward in this year in preparation for relocation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, April McGill, I see your hand up. 
can you up oh, there's your you're unmuted. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I just wanted to share that for American Indian Cultural Center, we are a virtual center. Um, we have, uh, you know, the privilege to be able to use space and collaborate with our cultural centers. And um, I think for us, we look forward to uh, doing more partnership with Bayview Opera House as American Indian Cultural Center is under Bayview Opera House, uh, which is, uh, you know, an exciting time for us because we really see ourselves being able to connect with the American Indian community that's out in the Bayview, um, you know, and making sure that our Black and Indigenous folks have access to American Indian cultural programming as well. Um, and I think that for us, as we are going to be moving into a new space as well, um, and looking at the construction and all of those pieces that take up so much time, like um, just hearing Martina talk about relocation uh, is, you know, it can sometimes be scary and triggering because it's like we're always being displaced. And, um, and even though um, we have the support, we wanna make sure that our communities are being served. And so I was able to, you know, uh, well, we had our meeting at uh, African American um, Arts Complex, and it's just a beautiful space. And we look forward to being able to collaborate with them as well. And, you know, and so we're, you know, we're just really lucky that we're able to um, have these partnerships. But I feel that our virtual centers need a lot of support as well. Um, and I, I really want to, uh, say that I love the idea that Maria had about the data because the one thing that we're not capturing for American Indian communities is the data around the cultural programming that we provide throughout California for California Indian people, for our urban uh, native folks who are living in urban cities throughout California. Um, there's so much data that needs to be collected and shared and how our cultural centers have been like the heart of providing so much so much for services during a crisis so um we're always that hub and to go to so thank you i just wanted to share that um this this is uh commissioner shiota um there was historical context there was a fellow that we had uh for a couple of years and then she went on staff um and she was her her role was uh, to collect that that data, cultural data, um, and um, I'm I'm just bringing it up now because I guess the the question then would be who would collect that kind of data for the cultural centers and could that be consolidated and could that be part of the the five year strategic plan that um, for the overall uh, SFAC that is coming down the pipe. So I'm just putting that out there, not for, it's not an action item, it's not a, a request for anything, it's just a kind of a, a, a brain seed uh, for future conversations as we go into strategic planning um, and that, that there is a reference for historical uh, context for that role uh, within the um, staff body of SMAC. And there is there is uh, reports in in the administrative files somewhere and it's within um, uh, it was um, yeah well I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll think about that and and try to figure out 
um, who that person was because I'm sure they're in my email files, but um, uh, but that might be you know something to explore going forward uh, as we get into the strategic planning. So thank you. Um, hi, hi, Celeste. Hi. Uh, is I, I think you were inviting me to unmute. Thank you so much, Commissioner Shiota. <laughs> and yeah, thank you. Um, and I want to thank Commissioners McCoy and Musley for um, coming to visit the Queer Cultural Center. We are a 30-year-old organization serving the LGBTQ plus two-spirit queer and transgender communities in San Francisco and beyond. Um, and our festival is turning 26 this year. It's kind of unbelievable. So um, yeah, I, I just really appreciate your comments and welcome your feedback. We are at a point of tremendous transition. We have gone from our 30-year history of having an, always having an all-contract staff to having full-time paid staff. And two of us actually came through QCC's Creating Queer Community program, where we learned how to write grants and learned how to develop programs through QCC's program. So kind of the next generation, if you will. Um, yeah, so I would absolutely welcome talking about further about marketing and about strategic planning as we are, um, yeah, as, as, as we are, and I think, th I believe three of us are new. And it's also like a really exciting time to build capacity. It's really exciting time to look at what our programming has always been and what it could develop into. And we really welcome the opportunity to further collaborate with some of the cultural centers and African-American art and culture complex has been such a welcoming home for us. And it has been a center where we've held a lot of the National Queer Arts Festival. And we welcome further collaboration with them and with the other cultural centers. Um, let's see. And I would also be happy to um, absolutely hear the request for a packet. I'd be happy to um, talk more about that because it, it seems like there's really an opportunity to, we're, we're growing and developing here and we appreciate you partnering with us as, as we build up this capacity. So, um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Um, are there any other hands up? Um, I don't see any on my side. Uh, is there any public comment on this item, which is item five, commissioner site visits to the cultural centers? And thank you everyone who spoke and joined today for all the time. Um, really appreciate all the work that you do. Very much so. Thank you, Commissioner Shiota. Um, for a member of the public joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star 3 to be put in the queue. Please press only once, since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue, and instructions are currently on the screen. We are on item 5. And as a reminder, um, you will, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you will see a visual timer if you're listening in via WebEx. You will also get 30-second audible warning, and you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. And any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included 
in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Are there any public comment requests at this time? There are none. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Uh, with no public comment, the public comment section is now closed. Thank you so much. And before I move on to the next item, I just want to thank all the community centered leaders um, for, you know, your dedication and your hard work and uh, the service that you provide uh, during all the last crazy cycles. Um, and we're going into a new one with like with the reimagining of downtown and, you know, the right, the, the tech people moving out or not coming back to the office and so san francisco's dynamic but the arts community is always part of the dynamic solution and future making and place making of of this city and and um i think all the community centers are on the forefront of that so um so thank you thank you thank you for your hard work and service and and flexibility and and uh fortitude and resilience <laughs> and imagination because we're gonna the city needs all of it um so thanks so much and um with that i will uh move on to i'm going to call item number six um which is the staff report um if you wish to make public comment on this item you may now raise your hand uh, to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time so item six uh, will be given by um, uh, w, will you, uh, Debbie Ng, will you be giving that report in lieu of um, Director of Community Investments, Denise Pate, who's not on the line? That's correct. Okay, great. Well, you've got the floor. Thank you, Chair, Ch Chair Chioda. Um, happy to report. Um, this is a very busy time for the Community Investments team. Um, we are also building our capacity and infrastructure. Uh, we're close to filling the program associate and senior program officer positions. And once the positions are filled, we will be fully staffed. Um, uh, in addition, we are pleased to announce that the Native American Arts and Cultural Traditions Special Grant deadline was extended uh, to February 22nd. Um, it's a regranting program created to address emerging and existing needs within the arts ecosystem of the San Francisco Native American communities. And there are two grants of $100,000 available. Um, in addition, the community investment staff are hard at work facilitating our cultural equity grant panels. For our new commissioners, some context, uh, the cultural equity grants program is our, our most robust uh, program. Um, it is a cornerstone of the community investments uh, granting program. Um, it is the largest and most visible uh, public grants program that we have. Um, we have five distinct grant categories and nine panels uh, taking place uh, over February through March. Um, as was mentioned earlier, these are public panels um, composed of artists and peers, um, leaders and uh, cultural workers in the community. and. Um, just for context, last fiscal year, um, in fiscal year 22, we granted about $12 million in funding. So it gives you a sense of the context and um, kind of the size and scope of the grants that we are currently reviewing in panel. 
We will bring these funding recommendations to, to you all again on April 18th, 2023, um, when we come together. These recommendations are then subject to the approval um, on May 1st, 2023 at the full commission meeting. Um, it's also at these meetings that um, we will be sharing data um, to help um, inform you all of the, again, the scale, the scope, the diversity, um, the excellence um, that is going to be um, uh, brought to you for approval um, as she, uh, Chair Shiota mentioned earlier. Um, a few more items. Um, in addition, we are working with um, our grantee organizations to support them through um, uh, compliance, uh, through the compliance process of the California Attorney General's Registry of Charitable Trusts. Um, these grantee organizations are delinquent according to um, the state Attorney General's uh, website um, and, and program. And so um, we're really working with the controls office to follow their policy um, in that every charitable corporation and fundraiser doing fundraiser doing business in California is required to be in compliance with the state attorney general um, in order to do business um, in California and business with the city and county of San Francisco. Uh, we're working diligently to support the grantees. They're all working and aware of their status and also have been working on them prior to um, this time. So we're confident that most of them are aware and moving forward and we're supporting them through that process. Um, and then finally, uh, Director Denise Pate has been in touch with the SF Juneteenth organizers, Tamika Chenier, uh, regarding the settling of their funds for the SFAC fiscally sponsored project. Um, and those uh, outstanding 2019 funds are being um, worked on um, and settled. Um, so that's that's in progress. And um, I'm happy to pause there. I know that was a lot of updates, but I'm happy to take any questions from commissioners at this time. Uh, thank you so much. I'm looking for hands and I don't see any right at the moment. Um, uh, I, I, uh, um, I was just thinking of context for some of the newer commissioners um, in terms of some of the grant categories and the work that you do. But one of the things I wanted to put on their radar for newer commissioners as well is that not only do you administer the CI staff, they put out the RFPs, they uh, review all the applications, but they also do a lot of technical um, counseling and help in classes and and um, meetups to help uh, some of their organization their their um, grantees uh, put in their you know they they want to help them put their their paperwork together because sometimes they don't know how to do it and so you know with this California um, what is the what is the non-compliance or the are you mentoring them through that process um, in, in to try to get compliant? Um, is that what I was hearing in that report? Um, yes. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> Commissioner Shiota, we are um, aware of the grantees. There's 26 grantees. It's so a relatively small number in the scale of the 200 plus grantees that we work with. And uh, we're working with a small group of grantees to ensure that they understand their status with the Attorney General's office and that we are um, tracking their progress towards becoming compliant. As I mentioned, many of these groups were well aware of their status prior to us contacting them. 
Um, but because we're conforming and following the compliance policy set forth by the controller's office and the attorney, our city attorney's uh, office, um, we're helping them through that process to ensure that we can move forward um, in, in working with them as a grantee and um, being able to distribute their funds. Yeah, and some of the smaller organizations need, um, I'm going to say, assistance or, or, or education or background on, um, on some of these processes. Um, and um, and you all have been so helpful, and and you know that that on top of your long list of things to do, you've been very good about um, helping the smaller organizations get access, uh, get education, um, and uh, and all the things that for new commissioners. Also, um, there's so much compliance with public money than transparency. So when, you know, community investments ask for a report, it's it's not because they want it for no reason. It's most of the time it's to be uh, to comply with the transparent government um, or reporting rules uh, when there is distribution of public money. So just a little background there. Um, any other commissioners have any questions or comments on the staff report? I don't see any hands up. Is there any public comment on this item, item six, which is the staff report? For a member of the public joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue. And the instructions will be on the screen in just a moment. We are currently on item six. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you will see a visual timer if you're listening via WebEx. You also get a 30 second audible warning. You will be muted once your time is up. You may stand the line if you wish to speak on other items and any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. The instructions are currently on the screen. And is there any public comment at this time? I see Melora's hand raised. Melora is, let's see if you're unmuted. Greetings, um, Melora again, and my apologies earlier for not addressing you all formally. Thank you so much for your time. Hi, Melora. Um, I, have, I have to just make sure I uh, get this formal for you, for you my bad. Um, but yes, welcome, no we're in item six. You have three minutes, and once you start your time, you, you begin speaking. I will mute you once your time is up. Um, yeah, now your three minutes will start. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much again. Just thank you all for your time and to all of the commissioners for being here and you're listening. I just want to make sure for clarity, we are um, in the same conversation about the charitable trust. Is that correct? Okay. Um, I think the, the main thing that I would like to say and highlight, and I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of us in this uh, conversation, um, I just would like to know what the Arts Commission or anyone is doing or if, if there are any suggestions on how we can be supported in moving this process forward faster. I will say, and uh, with all due respect, that we at AAACC hosted the cultural center directors meeting and had a very um, 
what I thought at the time was a truthful conversation about what was to come. Um, and so I think just acknowledging that number one, the charitable trust is something that all organizations, yes, should be in compliance with. It is a part of our audit process and newly added within weeks to this compliance process through the Arts Commission. Um, I'll speak for the African American Art and Culture Complex. We paid all of our fees um, in December, and now we've been um, spending every day hitting a button, trying to refresh and hoping that our, our status has been updated. Is there anything that can be done to support all of us who have paid our fees um, on time or even within this time period um, that can support and leaning on whoever to update the records? I think that it's not being said. I mean, it's one thing to say that smaller organizations need support and getting it together or whatever, but you do have organizations that have paid, and we're not even talking about the fact that this is a $25 fee um, or a $50 fee. So is there anything that you all would suggest that we could do to move this process along so that organizations like mine and others can get to the work that we came here to do. Um, I just feel like there's a way that we're being talked about and around, and there's no lean in to move this process forward. And I don't know if I'm talking out of turn yes, here. 30 seconds. Thank you. I don't know if I'm talking out of turn here, but I, th I just think that it's something that needs to be said. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't comment on um, that process. I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Um, so I don't know if there's any, anything. Uh, Director Lee, is there any, anything you can comment on in that regard or? At this time, we can continue with public comment. Oh, okay. Thank mm -hmm. you. Is there, yeah, is there any other public comment on this item? There are no other hands raised. Thank you so much, Chow. Thank you, Commissioner Shioda. Public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. All right. Um, I won't go back and forth uh, on that. Um, Public comment, um, I think that would add something to the agenda and we can't do that. So, um, so I will leave that public comment as it is right now. Um, and I will call item 7, which is new business and announcements and this is a discussion. Um, and it's, uh. Does anyone have any new, uh, agenda, new business, um, or want to introduce new agenda items for consideration? Uh. I see President Collins has his hands up. President Collins. Maybe slightly out of time. And so if Director Remington or Deputy Director Lee would call me down. But on Saturday at the Southeast Community Facility was a remarkable demonstration of partnership 
between the Department of Public Works, the Southeast Community Facility, and the San Francisco Arts Commission. I, I wanna thank Director Remington. I wanna thank Jackie Von Tresco, um, the whole communications team, Mary Chu, a, an amazing conversation with um, Afatasi, the artist, with Malik Seneferu, um, with Kenyatta Hinkle, and with Mildred Howard. Um, so these are the sorts of public outreach that our commission does. Our staff was brilliant in, in preparation, and there was a lively discussion and a great acknowledgement of, um, of the types of grants that have been made um, that have produced really significant art in important places. Uh, thank you, uh, President Collins, uh, and uh, hello, commissioners. Uh, how are you? Uh, I just want to thank you for uh, your support with that and for cheerleading that whole effort and for um, and bringing us into the fold with that. Uh, thank Jackie Von Truscow and uh, Deputy Director Lee's entire staff for their support. And uh, I'm just glad that it turned out really well. I hear great things. So that was uh, a great event. So thank you so much. The other is that um, the artist, uh, Afatasi, the artist, is having a show at the Bayview Opera House on Friday. Uh, uh, Afatasi bills it as going to be the most important fashion show of the year. So it's uh, five to seven on Friday at the Bayview Opera House. Thank you. Uh, is there any other commissioner hands up? Seeing none, um, is there any public comment on this item, which is new business and announcements item seven? Thank you, commissioner. So if you're already listening to this meeting via WebEx, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once since pressing it more than once will remove you from the queue and the instructions are currently on the screen. We are on item seven and as a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You will see a visual timer if you're listening via WebEx and you will also get a 30 second audible warming warning. Uh, you will be muted once your time is up and any individual who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can email a brief written summary to of the comments to be included in the minutes if it is 150 words or less to sfac.grants at sfgov.org. Is there any public comment at this time? There are none. Thank you, Jowie. Public comment is now closed. Thank you so much. Um, at this time, I'm going to call item 8, which is uh, adjournment of the meeting. So thanks everyone for joining. This meeting is now adjourned. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.